minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access it by going to 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscar. I'm hosting today's program. First of all, thank you to the Unitarian Church for hosting the 40th anniversary broadcast of the Anarchist World This Week, last week. Great day, great to see so many new and old faces. Uh, Who knows how long this program will go on for? I'm not sure, you never know what happens from week to week. But we are on today. This is the Anarchist World This Week on your local community radio station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. And if you wonder what anarchy is all about, no, it's not about me preaching from the pulpit as I did last week. An anarchist society is a voluntary non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power. It's about devolving power, breaking down hierarchy and sharing wealth because what creates rulers? Inequalities in power and wealth. Look, we'll start off with a few inconsequential people and then we'll move on to more important issues because... um, we're doing a lot of things in the next uh, four weeks and uh, we're inviting you to come along to all those things. And if you don't live in Victoria and you can't come along and you're lonely and you don't know what to do, well, form your own things. Do your own things. We'll advertise them for you. Obviously, we'll talk more about that in a minute. But first of all, I always like to see some deranged dictators and wannabe dictators going hell for leather at it. Isn't it good to see the groper and the hereditary so-called communist dictator in North Korea going head to head? What an amazing statements-like behaviour by both leaders. It's really nice to see. And if you're worried about being obliterated from the known universe, don't worry about it. These people are fools. They deserve each other. Sooner or later, you know, they'll become, they'll be pushed into the dustbin of history. But it's interesting, isn't it? One's a dictator, a real dictator, and the other one is a wannabe dictator. Now, I'll let you decide which is which. But I love the groper. I love the groper. He thinks, and this is what I love about the groper, he thinks by creating a climate of fear, 
as if North Korea could bomb the living daylights of the United States of America. But if he thinks, if you create a climate of fear and, you know, and you play the race card and you bash every other minority in sight, that you can continue to hold on to the office of the American presidential office. And he could be right. Who knows? Maybe... The United States of America, the land of the brave and the free, is full of people like him. And we shouldn't laugh here in Australia because there are more and more people like him appearing all over the world because once a society begins to crumble, people don't look at themselves as the solution to that problem. They don't see themselves as we being the people we've been waiting for, but look around for a strong leader who can lead them into war and destruction. Wonderful, isn't it? 21st century world that I expect in my 60, entry my 66th year on this planet that I'd have to deal with this type of shit. That's right, fecal material? No. But it looks like as hierarchies increase, as people have more and more power at their disposal, as societies become centralised, as wealth becomes centralised, that we're going to have to deal with more and more of this garbage. And all you've got to do is look at the historical record to see what happens when people put their faith in a strong leader. OK, now let's look at something's a little bit more consequential than the spectacle. Now, over the last two years, public interest before corporate interest has been wallowing, tramping through the swamp of indifference, apathy, hopelessness. Because it's been a really interesting exercise with public interest before corporate interest, launched in April 2015. A very interesting exercise. And we seem to have two types of groups those who think that somebody else is going to do it for them, the Gunner tribe, and we've got the Gunner tribe, and then those who somehow think that all struggle is futile. There's no point. You can't find fight City Hall. And I've been amazed at the amount of fear, hopelessness, cynicism that is rampant in our community today. I mean, I didn't see this fear and cynicism in the 70s or the 60s or even in the 80s. We felt we had the capacity to change things. And although as a society we've made giant strides in some directions, we've made no strides in other directions. We may have made some strides in terms of identity politics, but no strides in terms of breaking down hierarchy and create an egalitarian community. Over the last 40 years during the deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatised revolution, we've been running backwards at a rapid race, rapid pace. I think we've even beat Usain Bolt in that little race. So it's quite extraordinary. So now for the first time in two years, as we've been tramping and, you know, getting ourselves dirty, trudging through this swamp of indifference and hopelessness and cynicism 
that seems to be part and parcel of the Australian way, I've noticed a glimpse. I can see a glimpse of sunshine. Just a glimpse of sunshine through the reeds. During this period, we've seen the rise and rise and rise of those people in our society who like to point the finger at the other. Our beloved ex-Prime Minister, Tony, whatever his name is, I can't quite remember his name, he's such an insignificant figure, but Tony, eh, I think is his name, that's right. You know, another more focused hate groups like to point the finger at the other hoping that we will all run towards them and hug them and say, thank you, thank you for saving us from those LBGT people and all those immigrant types and all those nasty refugees and those Aboriginal people and those radicals. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you. It's been quite an extraordinary few years, but I can see... A glimpse of sunshine. As I said last week, the glimpse of sunshine, one is based on the fact that those at the pointy end, and it's the young who are at the pointy end of the economic miracle in the land down under, the land of Oz, the land of hope, but not liberty. It's the young that people are stirring, that hopelessness and anger sorry, hopelessness and cynicism are changing to anger. When you've got anger, you've got something to work with. So I think for the first time in the last two years, I can say categorically that public interest before corporate interest is at the leading edge of the struggle to create an egalitarian community. And what I want to do every week is let you know what activities have been planned for public interest before corporate interest. It's not just a Melbourne-based group anymore because we are starting to expand, because social conditions are changing, because people are beginning to realise that pointing the finger at the other is not enough. If you're listening to this program on the 27th of September the Judeo-Christian calendar 2017, today, at midday sharp, there'll be a gathering of public interest before corporate interest supporters on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House to say, we support the many, not the few. To make a point. And on the last Wednesday of every month, public interest before corporate interests in Melbourne town will be on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. And we encourage you to join us at midday, from midday to 1pm. Now, if you've got nothing to do, on Thursday, the 28th of September, the Hastings, sorry, the Frankston-Hastings branch of Pipsy has organised a forum at the Frankston Library, 60 Plain Street in Frankston at 12.30. And it's a forum which is aimed at getting people who are unemployed 
to become organised. The Australian Unemployed Workers Union President, Owen Bennett, will be one of the guest speakers. And yours truly will be a minor guest speaker. I'll be talking about Pipsy and the attacks on the current social security system. This is a discussion, a public discussion. It's a free event. Tea and coffee provided. You're all welcome. Thursday, the 28th of September. And if you're really interested in what's happening with the public interest before corporate interests, was a new branch being established in the Southern Peninsula. That's right, the Southern Peninsula in Victoria. Public interest before corporate interests. And they meet on Thursday at 6pm at the Capel Sound Community Centre, also known as The Hub, at Alambi, A-L-L-A-M-B-I, Rosebud, in the Sea Winds Room. And they will meet there again on the 12th of October. And they'll be meeting every two weeks on a Thursday at 6pm. So if you live in that part of the world... On the, on the southern Pen- Mornington Peninsula, anywhere from Dramana across to Portsea, pop in, lend your support, become a member of public interest before corporate interests, get involved, because this is what we want to see. We want to see people around this country forming branches, getting involved in the struggle to put the interests of the many before the interests of the few because we seem to have forgotten that that's supposedly the uh, function of government. Now, if you live in the Melton region of, on the outskirts of Melbourne, if you live in the Melton region, there'll be a picnic barbecue which has been organised by concerned members of the Melton community at the Hannah Watts Park from 11am to 2pm on Sunday, the 15th of October. Bring your family, bring your friends. Add some drinks and food to the communal table. Think about it. And if you live in regional Victoria, or you want to go for a nice ride, or a country picnic, why don't you come along to the Pipsy Picnic on Sunday the 29th of October from 11am to 3.30pm. They're very sociable up there at the Alambi South Community Centre. Barbecue, tea, coffee, cakes. Bring food and drinks to add to the communal table. Now, if you want more information about all these activities, just go to the Pipsy website page. Go to the Pipsy webpage www.pibci.net www.pibci.net You want further information, you can always ring me on 0439 395 489 0439 395 489 Don't use the phone, don't have an internet site Well you can always ring us on Post Office Box Sorry, you can always write to us at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052 and uh, if you live in the Frankston region, Frankston-Hastings region, the Frankston-Hastings branch of public interest before corporate interest, which has organised the forum 
is your job agency working for you at 12.30 on Thursday, the 28th of September. Also meets regularly on the first and the third Tuesday of the month at the Mahogany Street Community Centre in North Frankston at 26 Mahogany Street. Now, we've updated all the details on the webpage. Just go to the webpage. You can always look at the Facebook page, Pipsy Facebook page. Or if you want further details, you can always look at my own uh, personal Facebook page. You will not find out the colour underpants I'm wearing or whether I'm wearing underpants. But you will find out all the activities we are involved in. So I'm hoping over the next few years to devote more and more time to public interest before corporate interest. Now, if you're distraught there isn't a branch in your local area, well, you know what to do. Give us a call. We'll organise a picnic. See who's interested in your local area. Get things started. Get things moving. The thing about branches of public interest before corporate interest, unlike other political parties, the branches are autonomous. And public interest before corporate interest is based on anarchist principles. It's a federation of local branches. Local branches use direct democratic processes to make decisions and use the delegate system to coordinate activities at a local, regional and national level. Obviously, all members of PIPSI agree on the aims. We aim to ensure the interests of the Australian public are put before the interests of unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders, irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. That tiny section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange, communication have become so powerful they are instrumental in setting the parliamentary agenda and determining who governs us. It's time public interests were put before corporate interests. We are an inclusive group. PIPSI membership is open to people of all religious beliefs and those who have no religious beliefs. We welcome people of all races, nationalities, genders and sexual orientation. We believe all human beings are born with inalienable rights and liberties. No government can legislate away or corporations take away. So if this sounds the organi- like the organisation for you, join us. We need 550 members on the Australian electoral roll in order to register PIPSI public interest before corporate interest as a federal political party and once we've established it as a federal political party we'll be looking at uh, setting up uh, registering as a state-based political party so if you're excited if you can see a little bit of sunshine between the reeds if you're sick of the indifference the apathy the cynicism and hopelessness surrounding you well, it's time for a change. It's time to put the, pull the digit out, filled out the application form, became a member of PIPSI, get involved. Because public interest before corporate interest is more than a political party. We use electoral politics. We stand candidates in both the House of Representatives and the Senate at federal election. We use non-violent direct action, protests, vigils, petitions, strikes, occupations and obviously community meetings, picnics to get our ideas across. And we also use community boycotts, foster community boycotts to put public interest before corporate interests. Our strength lies in our peacefulness.
Some people think that you can battle the state on its own terms. And these people are mistaken because the state will always have more power than you unless you subvert the institutional structures of that apparatus through creating a mass movement which is based in community. It's our very non-violence which makes us powerful. It's our non-violence which attracts people to us. It's our non-violence which will win the day. It's time for a chain. Join us now. Public interest before corporate interest. Don't ring me and bitch about stuff if you're not willing to do something about it. For 65 years I've been listening to people bitch. I'm sick of it. I want to get calls, emails, letters from people who say, I may be sick, but I want to help. I may not feel well, but I want to help. I may be unemployed or homeless, but I want to help. I want to do something. I want to do something to change the society we have become. And all you've got to do is flick on a television, go on the net, read a newspaper to understand how fractured, how unequal this community has become. We can do better. But nobody's going to do it for you. No Groper, no Malcolm Turnbull, no Tony Abbott or Penny Wong. They're not going to do it for you. Ultimate political power rests in the hands of the people. It rests in the hands of community. In a democratic society, ultimate political power rests in the hands of the people. The less democracy in a community, the more power is centralised, the more chances of having, you know, little the little dictator and the wannabe dictator mouthing off at each other, not concerned about the millions, if not tens of millions of people who could die because of their stupidity. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. It's pathetic, isn't it? Isn't it pathetic? I cannot believe how pathetic it is. I mean, a representative government is supposed to look after the interests of the people it represents. Just extraordinary. This gas business is just extraordinary. We have a government that is more interested in the shareholders of multinational corporations than it is in the people they represent. We have a cowards and I'm and I apologize to you know real cowards because it is offensive to you know put Barnaby Joyce and Malcolm Turnbull and Mr Abbott in the same basket as real cowards it's offensive to real cowards what cowardly people they have the power they can pass legislation 
tomorrow. They can resolve the gas crisis tomorrow. Australia will be the largest gas exporting nation on the planet in the next year or so, but can't even provide gas at a reasonable price for businesses and consumers. Extraordinary. But this is what we have been saying. This is what we've been saying as anarchists for generations. This is what public interest before corporate interest has been saying. We see governments which we theoretically elect to look after our interests, looking after the interests, first and foremost, of that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. How extraordinary. How extraordinary. Such gutlessness. Total gutlessness. It's embarrassing. Totally embarrassing. It's a little bit like, you know, some people coming and ransacking your house and you saying, oh, yeah, it's all right. It's okay, mate. Take a bit more. Take a bit more. We'll, we'll deal with it. You know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it. What a load of crap. It's in the anarchist world this week. Now, a few more things we're involved in. 1st of October, Sunday the 1st of October. If you're sick of football, well, you won't be sick of rugby league because that's the rugby league uh, finals in Sydney, but it's in Sydney. But if you're in Melbourne on Sunday the 1st of October, join us at Chummy Place in Fleming, in Carlton. Chummy Place in Carlton, which is just off the corner of Ligon and Argyle, North North Argyle Street in Carlton in Melbourne. I'll be doing a walk and talk and lunch kind of thing. We'll be looking at the about 12 important sites to the early anarchist movement in Melbourne. And yes, there was an anarchist movement. And yes, it was a huge anarchist movement and yes they were dealing with the same situations we were dealing with and unfortunately within 10 years that almost disappeared from sight so join me 1st of October, Sunday remember it's it's, uh, what do they call it it's when you do the clock forwards you know daylight saving daylight saving so we're starting off at 11am sharp There's 12 sites we'll be going to. Uh, It's about a three-kilometre walk. It's all wheelchair accessible, so if you're in a wheelchair, you can push with an electric chair or you can push one for three kilometres. You're more than welcome. And then we'll have uh, lunch in Little Burke Street. So join us at 11am sharp. We'll leave at about five minutes, ten minutes past 11. Uh, So if you're a little bit late, that's fine, but we won't be there after that. But uh, join us, Chummy Place, C-H-U-M-M-I-E Place, the only street name in Australia that I'm aware of, which is named after an anarchist, Chummy Place, is named after Chummy Fleming, one of Melbourne's uh, more well-known um, anarchists in the 19th century, in the first part of the 20th century. As I said, it's off Ligon Street and North Argyle Street at the corner there. We'll be there. Join us. If there's one person there, I'll be happy. If there's 20, we'll have a party. So join us, no cost involved. If you want to donate to the uh, to help me pay for the uh, 
radio broadcasts, you're well and good. It's not mandatory. But you do have to buy your own lunch and drinks. We draw the line at that. And don't forget, 9th of October is Peter Norman Day. That's a, a Monday, Peter Norman Day. I'll just put that in your calendar. Midday, sharp, outside the Melbourne Town Hall, Peter Norman Day. It's not just about an athlete getting a silver medal in the in the Olympics in 1968. It's much, much more. Everybody knows about doing a Bradley, you know, when you win against all odds because everybody else has fallen over. But how about doing a Peter Norman? When you stand up for what you believe is right at that particular point in time, when you find yourself in that situation. When Tommy Smith and John Carlos told Peter Norman in, on the, uh, I think it was the 28th of October, 1968 at the Olympic Games that they would raise their fists to highlight the plight of Afro-Americans in the United States of America, to highlight the Olympic project for human rights, Peter Norman said, I will stand by you. He made a decision at that point in time. And talking about other activities, don't forget that the 12th of November, we go to honour Francesco Fantin, Italian anarchist murdered at Camp Love Day in South Australia, interned in South Australia in 1942. Uh, he is buried with many other Italians who died in Australia during the Second World War, prisoners of war, internees, at the Murchison Cemetery, we get there about 10am, we do our own little ceremony after they've done the major ceremony at around midday, and then we have a little bit of a picnic. So join us Sunday the 12th of November, 10am, Murchison Cemetery in Murchison. Make a day of it. We've been doing this now for a number of years. It's important to remember those who have fallen, especially those who have died in that struggle or died because they were involved in that struggle. And don't forget Eureka Day. It's a Sunday this year, the 3rd of December, 10am to 10pm. Long day. Join us. I'll have more information about that in the next week or two. We've nearly nailed down the place for the dinner. Uh, we're nearly there, so I'll let you know. And don't forget that nominations, if you know somebody who's been involved in activity, who deserves a Eureka Australia medal, we, nominations are still open. They're open till the 15th of November. Don't ring me. Put it on paper. Email me or post it to Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. The person's name, a contact address for the person and a, a paragraph or two of why you think the things they have done highlight uh, their activism, uh, the, type, the type of activism we see which is highlighted in the Eureka Rafe. We swear by the Southern Cross to stand truly by each other and fight to defend our rights and liberties. Now, I'm celebrating. I'm really excited, terribly excited. You know why I'm excited? Any idea why I'm excited? Because Mr Turnbull... Despite Mr. Abbott stabbing him in the back every few minutes, has shaved with the treasurer four billion dollars off the debt. 
exciting, isn't it? Totally exciting. And did you know, and this is the part I'm really proud of, this is the part that I am a a hoop about, this is the part that makes me proud to be an Australian, that $2.5 billion was saved by gouging students, aged care recipients, families and children. Oh, it's good, isn't it? Isn't it good to think we can save $2.5 billion by making the hole in the social security net bigger and bigger and bigger so these bludgers, these old people and these young people and these families with children can fall through the net and splat on the concrete? Oh, it's almost as exciting as the news that the Lord Mayor of Melbourne has given us, the people, that you know, the homeless will not be moved on because he could have some legal problems. It's just so exciting to be part of this community. Next, next we'll hear that all the people at Nauru and Manus Island have gone to the United States of America. How exciting. How exciting. What an exciting world we live in. So I'm really excited that we have saved this money by screwing the most <laughs> powerless and exploited people in our community. It makes me proud, proud to be an Australian. I am proud. You should see the pride on my face. It's a just extraordinarily proud moment. Extraordinary. Just extraordinary. Now, as I keep saying, the people in the world who somehow think that all their issues are related to the fact that you know there are immigrants and refugees and people of different religions and different skin colors they are getting really they're doing really well in elections we have the you know the was it what do they call themselves oh, i've forgotten it the hansonites whatever they call themselves they've done really well in elections good to see and now they got friends in germany the alternative for germany Third largest vote in the parliamentary elections. 12% of the uh, parliamentary seats. Poor old Adolf only had 33% of the parliamentary seats before he did a little coup, you know? They're nearly, they're nearly there. I'm so excited that we never learn the lessons of history. We never learn that there's no point pointing at the other because in many regards, the other is in the same situation you are in. Same situation. Doesn't matter how many of them you kill. Doesn't matter how many of them you beat to the ground. Doesn't matter how many you humiliate. Your life doesn't change. While real power lies in the boardrooms of national and transnational corporations. That's right. Yes, I know it's a radical idea, isn't it? But Malcolm agrees with me. Our beloved Prime Minister knows that real power lies in the boardrooms of national, transnational corporations that doesn't lie in Parliament. He knows that. He knows where the wind blows or where the gas blows. He knows that or he would have done something about the gas crisis, but let's not be nasty to him. Yeah, it's good. It's a great time to be an Australian. A great time. Lovely. And have you noticed the um, marriage equality Postal survey debate. 
I love my friend Tony. Good mate of mine, Tony. Me and Tony go back a long way. I think I was once in the same country as he was. That's as far back as we go. But, you know, somebody headbutts him in Tasmania who's, you know, facing charges. You know, and he said, you know, and and the, the bloke's wearing this little badge, you know, for marriage equality. And he calls up his little mates in the media, the prices of the bolts of the world, and says, I have been assaulted. I have been assaulted by a man who's wearing this badge. I have been assaulted by the people who want to vote. Yes, 24 hours of dream time, 24 hours of beautiful publicity. Wasn't it wonderful? Here we are, these horrible yes campaigners. They're all involved in this. And the bloke says, well, I had a bit of a skinful mate and I saw him there and I thought I'd, you know, say hello. Obviously, it'll be determined in court. He says, it's got nothing to do with this marriage equality stuff. Now you do with that. <laughs> but, uh, but Tony, you got the running for 24 hours. That's what I love about the Australian media. They are wonderful. They are such wonderful, erudite, insightful commentators. I mean, I'd fall asleep in front of the news, but I don't dare to in case they say something. Let's move on. Oh, now let's keep looking at this, this this postal survey for... Now, I haven't got my bloody vote yet, so I'm going to have to find out what's going on. I mean, I put myself in the electoral roll a few years ago so I could go to court you know, and debate a few things you know, in the court regarding the Electoral Act. And I, I hopefully they haven't taken me off the bloody electoral roll. I assume I'm still on it. But I haven't got a vote yet. I'm sad, really sad. But what I've loved, what I love... Uh, the, about the marriage equality debate, the survey we have to have because the Liberal National Party couldn't make up its mind, so we've got to pay $122 million in this little voluntary survey, not even a plebiscite, let alone a referendum, a little survey. But what I love is how all the religious... or well, a majority, not all, a majority of the major religious organisation are standing shoulder to shoulder to fight this evil, to fight giving people the same rights as everybody else because of their sexual orientation. They are standing shoulder to shoulder to fight this evil and in the congregations, you know, the, you know, the, the gospel is laid down in the Catholic Church especially about no, no, no. And in the Muslim churches, no, no, no. Or the Muslim mosques, no, no, no. The imams cry. And it just goes on and on. In all most of the major religious organisations, no, no, no. God said it wasn't right. Now, I haven't spoken to God for a long time and I hope I don't speak to her for a long time because I think she kind of is a little bit like Medusa. You speak to God and you're gone. But I don't think God really cares one way or another. See, as an anarchist, people think anarchists are against religion. I'm not against religion. There's a strain in the anarchist movement where people hold religious beliefs, not just spiritual beliefs, but religious beliefs. Our issue as anarchists is a, is a mat, it's about hierarchy. It's about these institutionalised structures 
which grow around religion, where people have power. The Roman Catholic Church is a beauty. Ultimate political power rests in the hands of the Pope, who has God's ear, and he's infallible, at least in the Muslim tradition. You know, it's the imams who kind of got a lot of control, a little bit of decentralisation. Maybe if the Roman Catholic Church had a bit more decentralisation, maybe they'd have a few more members. But I really love, I really love, this is what, I mean, I'm really happy to be alive. I really am because, you know, I don't think in heaven or hell or or total obliteration, it's not going to be this funny. It can't be as funny as it is in Australia now on the 27th of September, you know, 2017. I, I love seeing the Catholic hierarchy, the bishops, standing shoulder to shoulder saying, no, Nate, nay, no, vote no. I'm thinking, what moral authority do you people have? For decades, for decades, in this country and around the world, you allowed some of the grossest violations to occur against children because you didn't want to be smirched the institution's name, the church's name. You knew what was going on, but you didn't care because the institution was greater than your parishioners, especially those most vulnerable. And when you listen to these court cases, you get tears in your eyes. One person moved from parish to parish, violating child after child after child when it could have been stopped. But it was allowed to occur to protect the church and now they stand up and with some type of moral authority. What moral authority? Give us a break. Give us a break. We're not interested in what you've got to say. Maybe in 10 or 20 or 30 years' time when you've you know, you resolved the issue. Maybe. But now, to actually make moral pronouncements... It's pathetic. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. 3cr.org.au. As I said before, all that information about uh, public interest before corporate interest, get it from the website, pibci.net. Pibci.net. You can ring us on 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. You can post post office box 20 Parkville 30542. Go to the Anarchist Media Institute website, anarchistmedia.org. And don't forget, the 1st of October, and while we're talking about homelessness and the lovely Lord Mayor of Melbourne telling us he can't really do what he wants to do because, you know, may not just be kosher, may not be legal, could be a little bit of trouble in the courts for a long time and obviously he would like to just brush this aside. And I can understand why. You know, I can understand why. You know, you don't want that this type of thing. I'm thinking to myself, and then we have some person from some organisation which gets paid, you know, to look after the homeless saying, we have rehoused 155 people in the past six months who are homeless. 
And I'm about to jump up in joy and sing hallelujah, brothers and sisters. I'm about to jump up in joy. Then I think, excuse me, excuse me. Did you say 155 people? You've housed 155 people in six months, considering all the money which is allocated to religious-based organisations and secular organisations to look after the interests of the homeless. 155 people. 155 people. And then I think, well, it is an issue, isn't it? it is, this is a huge issue. Housing affordability, as I said at the beginning of the year, will be the issue of the year, if not the decade. And what does the Labor government in Victoria want to do? It wants to privatise public housing. It wants to outsource its management to the community and social housing sector, which are ultimately private organisations. It wants to wash its hands of the responsibility of providing public housing. And they are going hell for leather, redeveloping estates and handing over the titles to the community and social housing sector. It's there in black and white for everybody to see. And as you know, public interest before corporate interest formed, formed with the help of uh, public housing, Friends of Public Housing Victoria, formed Defend and Extend Public Housing. And you can go to the Facebook page, Defend and Extend Public Housing, and see what's going on in the state of Victoria. And you can join us on Wednesday, the 4th of October, for the monthly rally, which we hold on a parliamentary sitting day. On a parliamentary sitting day, in front of the steps of, at the steps of the Victorian Parliament House, midday to 1.30pm, midday. So join us, Wednesday, the 4th of October. I'm thinking to myself, 155 give me a break there's 5.5 million people in Victoria there's over 40,000 people waiting on a doctored public housing waiting list which has now been incorporated into a social community and public housing list isn't it wonderful how they just change the parameters and say oh we need the private sector to become involved because we we can't do it. It's all too hard. I mean, why should we provide housing for people who find it difficult to access housing in our overheated private market marketplace? We don't want that, do we? Oh, no. That wouldn't be nice, would it? Well, as I say, keep saying to people at the rallies and on this program, Public housing is a political issue. You have a strong public housing sector which is owned and managed by the state. It puts direct pressure on rentals and direct pressure on housing prices at the lower end of the market. It is the beauty of a mixed economy. A mixed economy is when you have the state and the private sector competing in the same marketplace. And all it takes is legislation to go through the state parliament to ensure there's adequate public housing for millions of people. I'll give you an example. Last year, last financial year, 
the government of Victoria collected six billion, not million, six billion dollars in stamp duty. And stamp duty is paid by people who buy houses. It is a tax. The government puts on people buying a residential property. It's called stamp duty. And they raised $6 billion last year. Now, if you earmarked that $6 billion to manage and build public housing, you could build at least 25,000, possibly 30,000 new public housing units in the state of Victoria, in the Melbourne region and regional areas. That would accommodate about 100,000 people every year, new people, entrance into the public housing market. That's 100,000. Within 10 years, if you continue to allocate the money which is raised in stamp duty to manage and build public housing, you could accommodate almost a million new tenants in public housing. Think of the impact that would have on the rental market and the lower end of the housing market. It would allow people to rent for less and get into the home buying market for less. So it's a win-win situation for everybody. But what do we get? Nothing. Nothing. Let's move on. Finally, I'd just like to mark the 25th anniversary of the Torres Strait Islander flag. Now, most people don't realise that in Australia we have three flags, official flags. The Australian flag, the Aboriginal flag and the Torres Strait Islander flag. Now, the Australian flag and the Torres Strait Islander flag belong to the people. The Aboriginal flag, the person who designed the flag, and good luck to them and their family, continue to get royalties from that flag. But the Torres Strait Islander flag was designed by... Bernard Namok Senior in 1992 in a flag competition like the Australian flag was designed in a flag competition at the turn of the century and he got a whole $300. So it is a people's flag. Nobody gets royalties from it. But the Torres Strait Islander flag is a fascinating flag. It has four colours, green, blue, black and white. Green for the land, blue for the sea, black for the people, white for the coming of the light in, 18, in 1871, the, com- the coming of the missionaries. The flag has the dari on it, which is a traditional Torres Strait Islander headdress, which was not only used on Mur, but other Torres Strait Islands, and a five-pointed star inside the dari. And the five-pointed star points to the five different language and cultural groups which make up the Torres Strait Islander community. One in five Indigenous Australians comes from the Torres Strait. The Torres Strait Islander flag was first unfurled in 1992 after the Marba High Court decision on the 3rd of June 1992, which highlighted that Indigenous Australians had rights to land in law. That's right, rights to land in the colonisers' law. So... If you see a Torres Strait Islander flag, 
understand its history. It does represent the unity and cultural aspirations of, you know, about a fifth of the Indigenous community. Remember, Bernard Namok died within a year of complications of diabetes, within a year of designing that flag. You've been listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name's Joseph Scannon and I've been hosting this program. If you want to join Pipsy, go to their website, download the information, www.pipsy.net. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Don't forget the 1st of October, 11am, Sharp Chummy Place, Carlton, Walk, Talk and Lunch. Take about two hours. We're going to look at about 12 anarchist important sites in the city of Melbourne. Don't forget the forum, which has been organised by the Frankston Hastings Pipsy Branch at Frankston Library in Melbourne, 60 Plain Street, 12.30 on Thursday the 28th of September. And don't forget on Wednesday night, if you are in Melbourne, join me at the Conjo Ethiopian Restaurant, which means beautiful restaurant, across the road from Free CR at 20 Smith Street, Fitzroy, 6 to 9pm. Join me for tea. Yes, you pay for your own lunch and drinks. Sorry, haven't didn't win tats this week. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. And become my friend. I need friends on my Facebook page. Toscano for the public. All the things we're involved in are up there. Toscano for the public. Join us. Become a friend. And maybe one day I'll like you. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au courtesy of the Community Radio Network. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Listen in to the Anarchist World this week on your local community station via the Community Radio Network. And don't forget... All these things that are organised, go to the Facebook page, Toscana for the Public, join us, break through the curtain of indifference, cynicism, apathy and hopelessness which makes up the lives of so many people. Join us in our activities, listen to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Evil minds that plot destruction construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, larger!